Well, I mean, I kind of watched this WrestleMania, but I don't really like uh, understand it that much. It oh, that's really, perfect. Really weird. So. We that's perfect. Well, uh, that's perfect. Uh, I'll try to. I, I'll try to I keep want up. the perspective of somebody who doesn't. What I mean, would I like think? found it hard to fully pay attention to because it's like truly, I don't know these people, and yeah. there's nobody there. <laughs> like it Jack. Was, it's, that's the WWE experience, anyway. <laughs> Truly hard to pay attention yeah. to. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. And Jack, today, um, I made you watch some pro wrestling. And and Leslie, I this is not the first time I've ever watched pro wrestling, um, but this is the like most strange pro wrestling <laughs> that I like. I've watched WrestleMania before. But yeah. like it's a big event and there's a crowd and there's an energy and you go to someone's house and there's like barbecue. This is like I, this was a very strange television event, Leslie, yeah. that, that you had me watch here. Yeah. Uh, but to that end, you know, since Jack maybe doesn't know all the ins and outs of wrestling without any crowds or whatever the fuck is going on. Uh, we have special guests, um, of course. Brian from Street Fright. You already know. I don't even know why I even have to introduce you. You've been on the <laughs> show. You're our brother. We love having you on. Thank you so much for coming back on. Well, I love you guys, so I'm wow. honored to be on. To talk wrestling, too. Very fun. And for the first time, we have uh, Sam Yang, host of the Southpaw Podcast. A very interesting podcast. Finally glad to have you on, Sam. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you for having me. And uh, what what is Southpaw Podcast? Because I've done martial arts and been into combat sports and pro wrestling and like stuff like that for so long, it seemed like all the voices for it were coming from like the libertarian fringe or even if they were apolitical, they started turning weirdo, like libertarian. And also in that space, like Joe Rogan had the monopoly and then his team of people that he produced from the show, like they sprouted off of his show. They started taking over the rest of it. So uh, me and a friend, Paul, decided to start this as kind of an answer from the left. Um, so it's like half the shows used to be before this pandemic about the the latest UFCs and we'd be talking about it. And then the other half would be whatever I wanted to talk about, which tended to be more political or whoever I wanted to interview. So I've had both of you all on. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just recently we're, we've been doing more interviews lately. So I just did one with a Japanese American internment camp survivor. So just oh, like, wow. yeah. So mostly interviews now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. obviously, because there's uh, not too many sports to talk about. Yeah. Like, what are they showing <laughs> on ESPN now? Well, they're going to be they doing showing... horse. Do you know? Did you hear about this? The NBA has said that they might be putting together like a high profile horse game where each player can be in their own uh, like basketball court. Uh, so they're like, th this was rumored that they might be putting together a horse game between some of the best uh, uh, basketball players. So we do have that to look forward to. They're also running the old WrestleManias on Sunday night. Whenever I go to record, WrestleMania is trending. And I'm like, what the what the hell is this trending for? And then I noticed that they're airing like the last they've aired like the last three of them on ESPN Sunday nights. And I mean, baseball announced today or like it was leaked, I guess, that like baseball is like thinking about this plan where they might like. I guess, like, try to get the league going. <laughs> like, it just with, like, one stadium in Arizona, they might have all the players stay there with all the support staff staying at hotels and try to do, like, a quarantine MLB uh, where they're saying, like, you know, we're going to have a lot more backups in case anyone gets coronavirus. So I'm like, are we just going to watch baseball with no crowd from one stadium as, like, all the players get more and more sick and, like, disappear? Like a Hunger Games-style situation. <laughs> we just see who lives to the end of the uh, Isn't Dana White talking about, like, having UFC happen on, like, an island he owns or something? Yeah, so he's going straight into James Bond villain kind yeah. of territory. Uh, so, yeah, they've supposedly secured a private island to do, like, you know, the plot of every shitty B-movie, like, <laughs> to fight do Battle tournament. Royale. They're basically yeah, yeah. It's the Kumite. Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and supposedly he wants to do it every week. Uh, because and and Weird, it's so it's happening so quick. Post apocalypse is happening so <laughs> quick. Here's the other crazy shit: is him and Vince McMahon just got off of a private conference call with with Donald Trump, right? Hmm. 
So you got that going on, and then you got this interim title fight because Habib, uh, the the current UFC champion, he can't leave Russia because they're being safer about this. So they're finding Americans to fight in his place to fight on this island. Yeah, well, wild, I mean, wild I, times. I feel like like with MLB and with UFC, it's like just don't bother. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the crowdless sports are not. It's not worth it to watch. I'm like, <laughs> I have been watching wrestling every week. I mean, because I'm re- I'm I'm like a big fan of AEW, you know. And I've been trying to watch it every week, but like every time I turn it on, I get about 45 minutes in, and I'm like, this is depressing, and I just turn <laughs> it off. Like it makes me more sad. You know, honestly, I I truly, even in like watching this this WrestleMania, I was like. Fuck it. Like, loop in fake applause. Like, yes. Just actually put yes. fake applause and yes. like, cheering and shit. Like, I don't care, actually. Just, Someone say, just mentioned- say, like, we added applause and, like, it'd be fine. Someone mentioned that WWE has been doing this thing the last few WrestleManias and Royal Rumbles where they, like, have a big sort of uh, animated hologram thing uh, on the TV when you're watching it at home. It's like a big dog will come out and bark when Roman Reigns is wrestling (laughs) or like a big snake when Randy Orton's coming out. And it's like, why don't you just use that technology and put a crowd in and just have them fucking (laughs) scream? Because this is fucking horrible. It's so... It does really remind you what's going on. It's not an escape at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not as down on the empty arena wrestling in theory because it's something that actually has happened before in professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, fairly long history, even uh, like uh, going back to Inoki had like and uh, it's called the Ganrujima Island Death Match on his private island. Uh, this was n- not because of being quarantined; it's just because Inoki is insane. <laughs> he and his opponent just went to his private island. And with a cameraman and just fought for like an hour. And it's one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see. There's like, I don't think there's a referee uh, or he doesn't really do much. And they just beat the shit out of each other for like an hour (laughs) on his private island. And that's uh, the match. Uh, There's also a company called Beyond Wrestling, which uh, for their first few years, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't sell tickets. They wouldn't have any audience. But what they would do, and this is also what AEW is doing, is they have the other wrestlers be the crowd and the audience Mm. and i thought it was you know fairly interesting because you got to see wrestlers interact even if they weren't actually in like a program with one another and actually you know like when aew does this because you get to see like the good guys you know uh help cheering on the uh the other good guys and the bad guys you know trying to start shit like it was kind of interesting and i actually like AEW a little bit better the past few weeks because they've just they've been playing with the format but what mm. WWE has been doing is basically pretending like it's not happening for Which the most part to do. like in i you know i know uh, uh we all know of course you know it's a it's a fictional story so in the world of of, of the wwe is coronavirus like existing in in, in the <laughs> like wwe the universe coronavirus they just and they and they really sold this pay-per-view like oh this is for the first time ever wrestlemania will be taking place over two nights and like acting like is it and that's happening only because like they're they can't run any of the other events that they plan to run this weekend um because of the coronavirus WrestleMania is gonna happen for four months (laughs) (laughs) i mean they do have money in the bank i i i saw the ad for money in the bank and that's usually late june and they're doing it. They they fucking scheduled it for May tenth this year for some reason. So they're gonna have to do another one of their big shows without an audience, probably. Which I it's just I, I don't know. I'm I'm not. I'm I wouldn't say I'm down on all of it. I do like the creative ways they're getting around not having a crowd. I think my issue is especially with WWE. It's like their stuff is so choreographed. They have like these they have brands and they they come out to the ring and they all do the same. Yeah, they do their same thing. And like watching somebody come out to the ring and gesture to a crowd that isn't there. (laughs) It's like, why are you doing that? Like, why, why would a person do that? They would acknowledge the crowd's not there and just walk out. Yeah, like just watching the show, the difference between the matches that were 
uh, watchable and the matches that were just depressing and sad and kind of and like embarrassing to watch were whether the wrestlers like wrestled like there were no crowd or not right because some of the wrestlers like are used to wrestling in for small shows or for shows where there's no audience because nobody bought a ticket right like and but a lot of the wwe wrestlers they've never ever really experienced that they've always been trying to playing to the crowd playing to the camera and they and it just like it looks so sad and i'm actually like they should not have done wrestlemania they you just don't if there's a quarantine you just don't do wrestlemania you wait till it's over it's supposed to be the grandest stage of them all the biggest thing for in professional wrestling the only thing that matters and it just and it just looks so sad to have them have all this pomp and circumstance in their like shitty little gym (laughs) it also like it drives home how shitty all the pomp and circumstance is you know what i mean like without a big crowd of people cheering and stuff i'm like man these like lasers and like it looks like shit like it looks like a high school dance or something like no, that. no wrestlemania turned into like a shitty open mic that's what it felt like right <laughs> where really nobody does. was there that, that very ucb vibes <laughs> wrestlemania the, i will agree though that like uh there were people that pulled it off and didn't wrestle the house style but it was mostly indie like the indie guys i feel like like kevin Kevin Owens and uh, um, Seth Rollins. I felt like they handled it pretty well. Yeah, but yeah the football players. And, yeah, and Generico, uh, Daniels, uh, Brian Daniel, and uh, but Sammy, Sammy Zayn, uh, Cesaro, all them, like, they were good. And I think Oscar uh, uh, Kana was pretty good, too. Um, and uh, Kairi Hosane. I think they all, like, all the wrestlers who have done empty arena shows legit before, like, kind of got it. But so many of them, like, just aren't used to it, like the football players. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the retired football players that they hired and they taught from the ground up, you know? If you learn that house style there and you don't know any other thing you've never had to like get over in front of a hostile crowd yeah then you're never gonna learn that that's what the problem with the performance center is is that like they get these football players and these football players never have to go to a fucking bingo hall in front of eight people (laughs) and get them cheering so like all they know is like oh this is when i you know tell the i put my hands up and the crowd screams for me you know (laughs) (laughs) all right so i guess we can get into the show without a brief note that um before we talk about wwe wrestlers and you know even there were some safety issues with this Roman Reigns, uh, who uh, suffers from who's had bouts of leukemia, uh, pulled out of being the main event because he just thought it wouldn't be uh, safe for him <laughs> to do this. The Miz came in sick. That's why that happened. The Miz oh, really? actually showed up on the first day of filming without an audience sick. Oh, and uh, they didn't he didn't tell anybody at first. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> So, like, they had to send him home. And then the next day, all over wrestling Twitter, there were pictures of The Miz sitting in a hot tub with two other wrestlers. It's like, (laughs) god God. damn it, dude. (laughs) But that's the thing with this company. I feel like it's important to say that, like, Vince McMahon doesn't believe in sick. Like, he doesn't believe that being sick exists. So, like, they do probably feel the need to be there, you know? Oh, absolutely. You can't take a night off in WWE because you have the code or the flu or, you know, a concussion (laughs) or, you know, a crippling drug addiction that eventually leads to your death. None of that stuff is an excuse uh, to take a day off from WWE. Apparently also another thing with regard to like this specific shoot uh, and, you know, uh, WWE caring about the well-being of their wrestlers. This shoot day apparently went from 8 a.m. to 5 a.m., yeah, so this was apparently a 21 hour shoot day, uh, <laughs> which. Uh, all right. Like you weren't allowed to show up for other people's matches. You had to show up after. But like if you're all going into the same ring and sweating all over it, then it doesn't fucking matter. Who right. Showed unless they changed the canvas every time. It or, doesn't matter or disinfect it. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's. I think it's entirely possible to run a wrestling show in this environment that's 
as safe as going to the grocery store. I think uh, you could, it's probably something you could say. I'm not sure if WWE did it because as we've seen with the safety steps they've taken in the past, they don't really actually care about <laughs> the health of any of their wrestlers. Um, and they also don't give a shit about the wrestling industry because I want to say uh, one of the reasons why people were very upset about them not just delaying WrestleMania until later in the year is that every WrestleMania, all the different uh, indie, independent companies usually have shows around WrestleMania. Right. Um, people from wrestlers from all over the world, independent wrestlers fly in to come to those shows to sell merch. It's almost like a Black Friday for um pro rest for pro wrestling where uh, you can sell a bunch of t-shirts because there's a bunch of rabbit fans with a bunch of money to spend mm. all in one place. Everybody congregates there. Everybody sells a lot of tickets. Everybody, you know, can make a a, a decent amount of money that can carry them uh through the next few months. And by WWE running WrestleMania uh, anyway, without uh, doing that, they screwed over all those hundreds of wrestlers and dozens of other promotions. So they won't have that opportunity this year to make that big payday. They may have put some indies out of business this year. I've heard some of the... Uh big losses that like WrestleCon took, you know, yeah. where it was just like, and I got my refund from spring break and, uh, blood sport. And it's like GCW. I don't know how GCW could afford to run if they're not doing that weekend of like shows that draw, like they were, they were running a 5,000 seat venue out there in Florida. So, but I am excited that I get to hang out with Jack WrestleMania weekend next year because it's in LA. Oh yeah. And I never miss it. Well, <laughs> presumably, I mean, if we're allowed to go outside by that, day, but I, I think like to your point, Leslie, my, my thing about them running WrestleMania, I think they almost had to do it because they're running TV every week. And if there's one thing about this company that we know is like they don't know how to tell a story. So yeah. if they had had to extend these programs through until, let's say, like SummerSlam time where they could have just done WrestleMania instead of SummerSlam, <laughs> then <laughs> nothing would have made sense anyway. Not that anything made sense on this show, yeah. but I just don't think they have the, the skill to, to extend these stories for that long. Right. I got a question, though. Is how are they allowed to film right now? Because isn't aren't a lot of shows, like TV shows, not allowed to film because of social distance rules and you can't have so many people gather. And you got other sporting events where they can't do their event. So how what state is allowing this pro wrestling to happen? <laughs> well, you yeah. well, it's Florida, and this <laughs> stuff was filmed before the the lockdown in Florida, yeah. obviously, because the lockdown was a couple days ago. Yeah, but also like they're filming them very early in advance, and one of the things about AEW is that they're on TNT and they're still going too. And now they film from an undisclosed location. Uh, <laughs> so so that's really not a gimmick outlaw. anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really a fucking outlaw thing because they're just running their shows because they feel like they have to. They have contracts or something like that. It's like, just don't, just run the pay-per-views. I, like, that's what I've been thinking about with AEW at least is like they have a bunch of pay-per-views and they could run those every week for like a month. And that's a whole month worth of content that a lot of people probably haven't seen that doesn't put anybody at risk. Yeah. But they're all doing new stuff every week. Yeah. And there's also like a tons of footage from like indie companies that aren't making any money right now that you could probably buy of your wrestlers in that company and air it on TNT with new commentary they or whatever. Why don't they do those like uh, sitcoms? How back in the day they used to do those uh, midsummer filler shows where, you know, a couple <laughs> of them would get together, sit on the couch, and do nostalgia, and then they would do like flashbacks. <laughs> they should have done a clip yeah. show WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. They should have done a clip show I, WrestleMania where they were just like, hey, remember like those wonderful WrestleManias we had before? Yeah, Gronk is reminiscing and waxing <laughs> nostalgia, you know? I All do right. feel like they could run like Nitro or some of the old WCW pay per views, and I think people would fucking definitely tune in oh yeah to watch oh, yeah. some of that stuff uh but wwe won't do it because it all has to be all wwe uh all the time branded. all right so it has to be branded correctly leslie yeah, yes all right so let's get into the actual wrestlemania show night one um it, they did it on two nights it's a six hour show with no crowd i could not 
possibly have watched every minute of this. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it, it, I, I just couldn't. Um, even if it was all wrestlers I love, it's just uh, too much. It's too much uh, for too little reward. But there, there were a couple of things on night one that I thought was cool. I really like Kana. Um, it's, I thought it was like silly that they lost the match after they did like a doomsday. Um, fucking sliding D, one of the most brutal brutal moves I could imagine, like a power bomb with the elbow off the top rope, and then they lost to um Alexa Bliss's like shitty like splash <laughs> move. It's so bad. Um, but um, I I would y'all think of the women's tag team match. I mean, yeah, they're they're they all seem you know like very good wrestlers and uh, big charming <laughs> well, three, three or four, three or know? four. Three yeah. or four. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I, I I don't really know all these uh, folks, but uh, you know, I, I you know that's it was really some 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 very good athleticism is what I thought. <laughs> like, these ladies are athletic. I actually watched all of it because you know what, like br- being broken up into two nights made it a lot easier to digest because I can you know that marathon is too hard. But also, it's not like I you know I was walking in and out. I had it on in the background, kind of like an old Seinfeld episode. So oh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of heard it going on. But but one observation I had about with the, the women's division in general, I would say just from watching this, it really made evident that in general, it seems like the women's division has just better wrestling overall. And how I'll back that up is like you notice a lot of the vignette matches where they're not in the ring. The men's division, just because of the stardom, they have all these old wrestlers that you got to do these different things with. Or you got somebody like Brock and whoever doesn't want to do real wrestling, right? He just wants to do like a couple of finishers a bazillion times. So even though maybe not every wrestler in the women's division is good, they're still going out there in the ring and wrestling. And I, I can assume that they do that, you know, day in and day out where men's division has so many old timers that they got to really wrestle around their limitations. Yeah. I definitely think if you rank the wrestlers and like divided, you rank the wrestlers by skill and like divided by number of people in the division, the women's, the women in WWE are definitely like better wrestlers on the average than the men in the WWE. They're also younger. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are young. Like it's a much younger division too, but like a lot more experienced uh, wrestlers, yeah. a lot better wrestlers on the whole. Because uh, I mean, like a match like Elias versus Baron <laughs> Corbin, like who? What the fuck? Like the, I, I would say Leslie Elias versus Baron Corbin, worst match ever. But uh, it is tied with Dolph Ziggler versus Otis, which I didn't even watch because I was like, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not watching these two guys. Wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so, Jack, what did you think of Baron Corbin, whose gimmick, as far as I can tell, is that he's a guy from 2006? He's and one that- king of the ring. He's a king of the ring winner. That's why he's King Corbin right oh, now. King he's Corbin. King Corbin right now. I, you know, I, this this I have to be honest with you is, you know, and we're very early into it. We're very early into it. It all starts to bleed together. <laughs> and it starts to, <laughs> at a certain point, guys, I don't know all the characters, and at a certain point like they they, they are similar. It's similar stuff going on here yeah. uh at this no audience WrestleMania. Um but so Jack, you know, he's the one that's dressed like a waiter. That's what I noticed. Yeah. God, okay, okay, okay. So he was dressed like a waiter <laughs> with the vest, with the black vest. Yeah. Okay. I'm like scrubbing through it, trying to. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> his, all of it looks the same. <laughs> his actual, his, his, the reason they push him and have him on the show is because they. Oh, there think, he is! I see him. They yes. think people hate him, right, mm. for the right reasons. Because there mm. are ways for people to right, hate right. wrestlers that people do not hate Baron Corbin for the right reasons. They hate him because he sucks. Yeah, and they, they call, don't want to see him that? anymore. He uh, go away heat or uh, X Pac X Pac heat. heat, right? But that's okay, not fair. It, X Pac was fair. great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's go. We call it go away heat. We're okay, not. We're okay. not going to slander. We're, we're not, not going to do that to X Pac. No, okay. we're not. We're not. Would never <laughs> try I, to get him on my show. I, you know, I, it's so funny. Um, I was at a, the King of Trios where he was at. We ended up staying, uh, in, me and my friend ended up staying in the same hotel as him. So we ran into him around town like three or four times, like out, completely outside of the show. He was a very uh, nice guy um, on the whole. 
is there an opposite effect of him where when you meet him in real life, he's a lot bigger than he looks like on TV? Yeah, he is a lot bigger than you okay. would think. He is. He is a. He's a tall guy. It's just that when he was wrestling, he was like in the land of the giants at the WWE. Uh-huh. But he's not. He is by no means a small man. Uh, he just seems that way. I did notice that the internet seemed pretty stoked about Elias winning just because he always comes out on the pay-per-views and he just does a song and gets beat up, but he actually <laughs> got to wrestle a match this time. Um, I don't that think was the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's nothing more to say about that. So Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. This match was, I, I wanted to see this match, but it was actually incredibly disappointing because, I mean, Re- Becky Lynch, formerly Rebecca Knox, Shayna Baszler, both wrestlers who have wrestled, you know, on the indie scene. Very, uh, Becky Lynch has been wrestling for like 20 years, even though she's only like 29 or something like that. She's been mm-hmm. wrestling forever. And this match just seemed like this is the match they planned when they were going to do it in front of the crowd. And it just felt so dead and pointless because they don't, it doesn't seem like a fight. It seems like a WWE match where you, you're posing half the time. Right, there's so much, like, with the arms and trying to rile up the crowd, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What are Who are you gesturing to? It's, like, weird. It's, like, you really... It's, like, uh, uh, man, it's, like... It's like they're like video game characters or and something. She, I'm like, and she, you and she yeah. comes in in that 18 wheeler, uh, which is supposed to be such a cool moment, and it absolutely sucks because there's no reaction. They, WWE could have zoomed, said, "Oh, we're zooming in fans from around the world so that we can hear them in the background and hear yeah. them react to it." Yeah, they didn't do that. Just lie. Just like, that, you, that, like but, you got people cheering from home, and that's the sound you're hearing or whatever. Oh, I do have a theory that like. When they decided to do this, Vince told them, like, hey, the people at home are watching this. They're your audience. So just pretend like you're performing for them as the real audience. And that like because I I think they were like, this is supposed to be an escape. Do the thing that you do when there's an audience. And it's like uh, probably a big mistake. It should have just been. Here's what Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch should have been. It's just a fucking indie match. Just yeah. do, a, do a regular. Do what you would do in a bingo hall for like a, if, if there was a scout there. That's yeah. what everybody should be doing, really, is is like just acting like Steven Regal is in the audience and he might sign you later. I was going to say, going off of what Jack was saying, they could have done like old school. Remember uh, the singer Psy? And there was the whole flash mob going with Gangnam Style back in the day, right? Yeah. And they did this international kind of uh, flash mob where they did like a split screen of people in their homes and their towns. like across the world like hundreds of these little split screens so so it felt like the world was doing it together they could have had like kind of uh, all these like home, home cameras you know split screening outside of this outside of the match showing that oh it's people watching at home you know yeah i think they toyed with that because uh i know that there are that, so when whenever wwe does something they send out a survey to like some mm. of their biggest fans and the last survey they sent out had like four different screenshots of like, would you like wrestling if it was like this? And uh, one of them was just the, the the ring and the stuff happening in the ring and then all around it in a really horrible looking square were people's faces that would have been <laughs> watching WrestleMania. And when I looked at that, I was just like, nah, I probably wouldn't like that at all. <laughs> And but uh, speaking of um, you know, just wrestling like you're in any match, I think that's what you know, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, Brian, Daniel, uh, Daniel Bryan, and uh, Sami Zayn did, um, because like it, it was him, it was Cesaro, mm. uh, it was uh, Drew Gulak on the outside ring, and it was Shinsuke Nakamura. Like aside from Shinsuke, like this was just like a Ch- Chikara uh, match, basically. Like all those, <laughs> like just all these like indie guys uh, around the WWE ring in WrestleMania. They finally made it, and there's no, and there's less people in the audience than they were ever at like a small time indie show. <laughs> uh, it, with those extra people there, it also inadvertently made it. Seem- like there was an audience and yeah. they were performing to somebody right i think there's a way that you could do these matches and these guys seem to figure it out i also think kevin owens and and uh, uh seth rollins figured this out it's like you almost you tell the story because one of the biggest impediments in wwe is the commentary like yeah. it stinks that it's the worst commentary <laughs> in the world and like 
in this match, they're telling they were telling the story they wanted to tell by just saying what they were doing. And I think yeah. that's an talking empty arena thing where you're talking to each other and you're telling your story. This is like an opportunity for WWE guys to finally tell a story in one of their matches. Yeah, um, that ma- you know that match was pretty good. Uh, the Owens Rollins, I didn't watch it, but I can imagine it was good. I've never been too big a fan of those guys, but skimming through, it looks like they just did what they would have done in Ring of Honor. Uh, which Owens is good. jumping, Owens jumping off of the WrestleMania sign and saying how, like he's like he gets up to the top of it and he says, "How's this for a WrestleMania moment?" And does the uh, <laughs> thing off the? That was very funny to me. That was a <laughs> funny thing to say. Yeah. The um the latter match I I only skimmed through it I I really like John Morrison I think he's incredibly talented but I thought how like pathetic WE is that they tried to get him over now John Morrison guy who looks like a movie star very charismatic has been all over the place has made inroads in Hollywood the way that they're trying to make him popular with the WWE audience that for the most part is already familiar with him is to say that he's very good at parkour in (laughs) 2020 these motherfuckers are talking about parkour and that's why John Morrison is cool and not the fact that he's obviously (laughs) one of the coolest guys ever to live with incredible uh, athletic ability it's uh, so funny. Also, an incredibly dumb setup for this match is that it was for the tag team titles. Yeah. But since some of the tag team partners couldn't get there, because Miz is John Morrison's tag team partner, mm-hmm. they did a three-way triple threat match with just one guy from each tag team, and you won the belts if you won, and it's just like, that's not fair. That it's- No sport <laughs> would ever do that. Yeah, it's not Team match. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. um, hey, what did y'all think about the bumps they were taking? Not just in this match, but what you referenced earlier with Owens, like with no audience, the the bumps, the the needless bumps, just seemed so like why? Yeah, <laughs> they seemed cool though. I will say that like uh, some of those bumps, especially the ladder stuff, mm-hmm. where you could hear the ladders yeah. creaking, and the you sound could hear... of the ladder helped the match. Yeah, right? yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I thought it was very cool. It seemed like people were getting really hurt in that match. Yeah, but I will say, you know, you can, like, WWE guys, every once in a while, they'll like to get online and make fun of indie guys for, you know, doing all this stuff and jumping off of this or that in an empty uh, venue with no for no fans. I'm like, you just did the same fucking thing, and maybe you got paid more for it, but you didn't get paid as much as you thought you were since uh, there's no live gate uh, for you to take advantage of. But speaking of sh- W guys who are shitty to indie workers, let's talk about the first of the two main events. Braun Strowman uh, versus mm-hmm. Goldberg. Uh, Very mad about the result of this match. I thought it was terrible. It was terrible booking. Uh, Goldberg should be the champion until he dies. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that could be sooner <laughs> rather than later. He's very, That's very fine. Old. He's very old. But I love him. I, I actually love him. And when I saw Strowman take four spears from a guy he wasn't even supposed to be wrestling and get up, I was just like, this sucks, man. They're going to beat Goldberg and uh, on a guy that's not – like, he's not over. Nobody really he, – he hasn't been used in a very long time. He's just like a, a nobody. And it just – sucks you know if if Roman Reigns had beat uh Goldberg I think I would have been better with that it's spear versus spear kind of thing but watching watching Goldberg I don't want to watch Goldberg lose is what I'm trying to say (laughs) I I don't know I'm fine with seeing the very old Goldberg lose and maybe retire from wrestling since he almost like killed Undertaker a few months back at the uh, Saudi Arabia show but, I mean, it's not really a match. It's this new Brock Lesnar-Goldberg style where you just, like, do your finisher to each other a few, uh, few times until one person decides to stay down. Like, it's not a wrestling match. Uh, that's uh, But I'm interested. That I find that match, I find the Brock Lesnar, that's the only feud they've done right in, like, 10 years. And uh, I, I find that kind of match to be so, like, that match was sort of fun to me. They didn't do enough. 
But uh, I, I think it's cool because it looks like like kaijus fighting each other, basically. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What was the name of this uh, WrestleMania? Wasn't it something about the Immortals, the Return of the Immortals or something oh, like showcase that? Showcase of the Immortals. Because they don't want to call it the granddaddy of them all because Vince McMahon makes it, says that makes it sound old. Okay. <laughs> so you got that title and then you got Goldberg coming back and he looks old as hell. And maybe to your point, he's gonna, he should have just kept it forever and just done an immortal gimmick. He rules. I just, you know, <laughs> Goldberg just rules. That's I, all. I can't love Goldberg because he uh, ended Bret Hart's career. Oh, That's yeah. true. That is true. He works a little stiff and wrong. But, yes. you know, he's a cool guy. <laughs> Wait, he does seem like a nice guy. Spear now? How many people use the spear now also? Oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. That's another question. Yeah, like a bunch, like a couple people in WWE use it as their finisher, right? As, as from what Edge, Reigns, and uh, Sh- Edge, Ra- Roman Reigns, Charlotte, and Goldberg use the spear. Oh, jeez. All right. What about... What about that other guy, uh, Lashley? Doesn't he also use it yeah, as a finisher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lashley he... uses the spear, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and the main event of night two, the Boneyard match, which... I think it's probably the best thing on either of these nights. Uh, it's and it's so funny because uh, it's what they call a cinematic wrestling match, where they basically like they shoot shoot it like like a film, uh, okay. more or less. They go out, they went out to like uh, some place in Florida, and like AJ Styles fought uh, the Undertaker in his uh, biker gimmick, and they just had like a mini action movie. Um, on the premise of like this uh, wrestling match where you have to bury uh, your opponent alive. I thought it was pretty entertaining. The only thing I'll say about it is that it's done by the same guys who were doing this for uh, TNA. So it's very funny oh. to me that WrestleMania was ultimately main evented by a TNA wrestler produced by a TNA producer, uh, Jeremy Borash. Was it's, it the Final Destination people who did that Matt Hardy thing? Was yeah, it those people? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I want to say this. I I like this match because I think it's the best thing. It's the best quarantine content that's yeah. not a podcast by far. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was so fucking fun to watch. But then in the end, somebody uh, sent me a tweet that Mick Foley did. That said, please put me in the next Boneyard match. And I was like, oh, no. They just extended all the Legends' careers for oh. 25 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so oh, no. after it was over, I was like, that's not good. This wasn't oh, a good no. thing. This was probably bad. Oh, no. Because, I mean, Taker really can't go anymore. But now he no. can do this until he <laughs> dies like it, <laughs> it, showcase of the immortals for real god damn it was so good it, it I, I don't know like i don't know uh, what saturday night live is doing right now but this was <laughs> so much better probably than what i think like, they're it just was, not doing it they're just not oh, doing okay. the show over there that makes A more sense more than responsible doing but i guess you know but <laughs> Jack, did you like this? Because, like, I, I have I, to be honest with you that I thought night two was going to be, like, coverage about it. And I didn't realize that the main event was night two. So I guess I just watched the undercards of night one. Oh. I thought that, like, they were going to, like, I thought WrestleMania night two was going to be, like, them talking about WrestleMania, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wait, uh, well, hey. well, did you watch, what did you think of the Boneyard match, the Undertaker uh, match uh uh, i mean it's like undertaker's like the coolest one uh uh, (laughs) and like you know at least this one kind of like takes advantage of like not being in a fucking you know uh uh, not like being on that stage you know what i mean like this one at least like had like a cooler setup uh uh, with being you know outdoors and everything like that uh uh, so i don't know like this one like did work better for me uh uh, than a lot of the like no audience ones because at least it like takes advantage of not having an audience yeah, and I, I feel I, like this is what it should have been more like. Honestly, here my pitch for WrestleMania this year would be for WrestleMania to acknowledge that the coronavirus is happening and make the thing of WrestleMania that like WrestleMania is not happening this year, and then they all like attack each other in their <laughs> homes. <laughs> yeah, that's such I a mean, good idea. <laughs> I mean, this and you could put them in homes. Yeah, that, like. Look like, like build sets. Like honestly, like you yeah. can do this thing with a big empty mm-hmm. space, build sets, and they can bust down the walls and all this shit. But like, yeah, like be like the coronavirus is happening, so Vince has canceled the 
it, but they all still really want to fight each other <laughs> and have the belt. <laughs> I, now I wish you were a writer, Jack. God, so I'll say this. The Boneyard match might be like my favorite wrestling match I've watched this year. But then at mm. the end of the year, at the end of the year, I will not admit that. And it will not be <laughs> in any of my lists and I would never vote for it. But it's it is very fun. It, that thing was so fun. Yeah, because they're going to absolutely do like three more of these just with the undertaker and aj styles and then have other people start doing them too so we're going to be sick of it uh very very shortly um i do want well, say- i was already sick of it by night two <laughs> watching the one yeah. on night two yeah, i was yeah. like okay i'm sick of this the night two one is bad uh i do want to say like i thought it was weird that they still all took really big bumps during the like <laughs> cinematic one like aj styles like really fall just falls off that roof onto the palette like it just seems strange to me that they didn't like do cuts or anything like that to kind of crash pads yeah uh they just use like the same crap they use in the arena all right so moving on jesus christ tonight (laughs) two analysis not just analysis of night one i guess Uh, more wrestling as i just just downloaded it and scrubbing through it right now it's a lot more wrestling yeah, a lot of the compelling matches were based around the wrestlers who could act a little bit. Like, I think the Taker match was really made because Taker could do a little bit of acting. Yes, the, yeah. A lot of the dialogue that he did, it was like very, you know, it was competent, right? And uh, some of the, even the in-ring work, like some of the referees and some of the exchanges and stuff, it seemed like, oh, okay, there's, a, there's some acting going on. I, I, there's some kind of story being told here. And then when their acting was really bad, then it had the opposite effect. Yeah, so um, let's I, I, I let's start. It starts off with like you know what seems like a pretty uh, interesting match. I couldn't really get through it because I just can't stand <laughs> Charlotte. I just like I do not like seeing. I've realized I just do not like seeing her in the ring. Maybe it's because my first introduction to her was really her match with Oscar uh, slash uh, Kana. I was a big fan of Kana. She had this, you know, huge, huge undefeated streak when she was in WWE. I didn't watch any of it because fuck WWE. But when I finally <laughs> sit down to watch her, her big moment where she's supposed to win the title at WrestleMania, Charlotte, this like very awkward, not nearly as talented, but tall, tall wrestler uh, still beats her and takes her moment away from her. I really, I'm just not a fan of short. Rhea Ripley uh, seems a uh, uh, very very good though this was a good match i think this was one of the best worked matches on on the show because like she just charlotte just did her dad's match she just did a leg match and then you know put on the figure four and ended up winning at the end but it was like a really well-worked wrestling match and sh- they weren't gesturing to the crowd and they weren't i don't know and they were and and rhea ripley was really screaming through the whole thing oh, in yeah. pain I, I thought this one was really good actually all right, all right so and next up uh is a match that i think <laughs> Probably could have been a main event if WWE was competent. Uh, Bobby Lashley, who is just a mega star, um, ruled in TNA for like a year, winning all their titles. Extremely uh, charismatic villain, you know, real life top flight athlete. And from what I understand, he spent most of the past year in WWE uh, in a love triangle uh, angle mm-hmm. where he's still someone's wife, even though Bobby Lashley's real life wife has been a character in WWE. Um, he got married to, uh, to a white woman um, during uh, this year, and that's all they've done with him. Yeah, it was like a cuck angle, basically, yeah. which I didn't watch any of. But uh, yeah, it was OK. I, I like Bobby Lashley and TNA was like infinitely more interesting because he was like a, a, a like a college athlete. Like he was a heel designed to make people that are racist very angry. Yeah, like a like a college athlete sort of heel where he was like kind of he was like uh, uh, he didn't care. He was and, super arrogant, but he was also yes. good. He was also yes. that good. 
And that that that's an interesting character. Whatever they're doing with him now is just like, ah, eh, whatever. I, I'm not going to pay attention <laughs> to this guy. <laughs> but I like Al- uh, this Alistair Black guy. I never, uh, I didn't. He used to wrestle as Tommy Inn. I never got to watch him, but I like him. He's just like an ath- athletic CM Punk. I like his uh, music. I like his gimmick. I like the fact that he has a bunch of tattoos, but he's actually not a white supremacist, even though he kind of looks like, <laughs> like what well, he's a par- He's actually like a very like good guy in real life. So I just really like dig him as a character and i think and the match scene it was pretty okay i watched some of it i like i i like i think these are two guys who if wwe were smarter they would be like the main eventers instead of uh braun Strowman. tommy end is short i, I mean alistair black is a short guy um but it seems like they're trying to build him to be like the undertaker because he's like mm. a satanic guy and he has his own entrance where he comes up through the floor yeah like, that's so cool it's yeah. so cool i like i like it. I like, yeah. and his ring jacket they got made spe- specially for wrestlemania so sad <laughs> it's uh <laughs> <I know. laughs> Wow. Um, I, I we haven't mentioned the fact that this WrestleMania was hosted by Rob Gronkowski. Strange WWE choice. He's, he's not he's not that magnetic a hosting presence. No, I, guess I would say. And WWE like they hired him. They like were like desperate to hire him after he retired from the NFL, and they got him. I don't know why. Like he's they. I mark my words. By the end of 2020. They're gonna. They want to do it in front of a crowd. They're gonna put the title on him for sure because yeah. they think he's a fucking big star. They think he's a big mainstream <laughs> sort of star because they don't know anything. God, you know? I'm just thinking of the alternate universe where it's Aaron Hernandez instead of Ron Gronkowski. <laughs> then we had like I guess was this like another cuck match, the Dolph Ziggler versus Otis? Because I, I I couldn't understand the storyline that they were trying to tell, like. A girl went out with Otis as like a trick because Otis is, you know, big guy, awkward with women. And Dolph Ziggler like set him up. What, like, is it what the fuck was the storyline? Does anybody under, did anybody understand I, it? Have any of y'all watched that movie, Tucker and Dale versus Evil? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the storyline. And I, I, I've never seen this character before, but he looks just like the main character from that movie. Who's like this hillbilly, like bearded guy who likes this girl, and then the evil guy tricks him. It's basically the plot of that movie. It uh, yeah, it's one of those like uh, Vince McMahon telling a guy he's ugly storylines that he <laughs> loves to do. He used to do it to Pac all the time too. Is just like, hey, go out there and say I don't care if I'm ugly. Really? <laughs> like that Pac is what? like Jack. You should look up who Pac is. He's like. The hottest guy in the world. He just doesn't have. He's a, not ugly. He's called Hawk. It's just PAC. Okay. You're gonna have to type in wrestler. He's like the most jacked guy like that's ever. Lived. <laughs> Normal looking guy. He just has like a beard. You know, uh, I guess long hair. Every time that he was in a feud. It was just people telling him how ugly he was. And then he would cut a promo and be like, I know I'm not the best looking guy and stuff. And like, that's what this match is. It's Vince saying like, Otis, you're ugly. Go out there and really play it up for the people, you know? Wow. All right. Uh... I hate Vince so much. Jeez, I, I just felt like really embarrassed for him because the, WWE is just not set up to show itself off like this. Even the miking on the ring is like, it, it, and the mic and like the way the announcers sound in that it just sounds like garbage and empty and echoey and it's just not good. Um, but one match that got away from it, and I think was a pretty good match that like would have worked on another wrestle any other WrestleMania and that's uh Edge uh versus Orton. You have, you know, two guys who have feuded for their entire careers coming back uh doing it again. You could understand why they would hate each other so much that they would like want to do a backstage brawl even if there were no audience these guys would still be fighting. It, the storyline makes sense. Um, you know, it's just them going from room to room and throwing each other into stuff, but it's compelling. Like, I really think this is one of the better matches, and it didn't even have to get as kooky as like the AJ Styles one with like druids coming from nowhere. Like, this was just <laughs> a really good way to do a quarantine wrestling match, still <laughs> in the universe of professional wrestling. 
I like that moment at the end where Edge is holding the chair and he's doing that acting where he's like, should I hit him? Should I not? I love him, but I, I'm mad at him. <laughs> it was like must-see TV. Yeah. <laughs> it was too long. Yeah, I think. it was like, too long. Uh, entirely too long. Like, How long was it? I think it was over 40 minutes, which is just, <laughs> come on. There's no audience here. And uh, I find Randy Orton to be one of the most boring people that's ever existed. It's, it's 36 like minutes long. 36 minutes long. Yeah, and I'm Longest not a big match Edge on fan. either show. Jesus. Yeah, because I walked away for like 10 minutes, and then I came back, and it was still on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I get it, because this is probably the, the safest bet. Like, this is the match that works, you know, in theory, even if there were an audience. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, probably too long, but at least, you know, you had a good storyline. It was like, it had a good setup, the gimmick made sense, and it didn't have to like have, you know, magic or superpowers involved. So, uh, this is probably my favorite attempt at a quarantine match so far. Um, after that, we have Ron Gronkowski doing like winning the 24 seven championship by, like and they had a lot of people out there, which seemed kind of strange to me because, like, in all the matches, they the most they had was like four people. This thing had like fifteen people uh, involved mm-hmm. in it. Oh, which, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, <laughs> does not seem um, like a good quarantine thing to do. No, especially for like a completely <laughs> pointless match where, yeah. like, of no consequence whatsoever. I think my wife's reaction when she was walking past the uh, the TV when she saw that was just like, ew. You know, when when uh, Gronkowski jumped on top of all of those people. Yeah. It's just not sanitary right now. <laughs> no, <and laughs> completely unnecessary. No reason to do it except they wanted Gronkowski to do a dive. <laughs> that was the biggest <laughs> risk. Not even because of the bump, but because of uh, infection reasons. Yeah. Uh, then you had some dog shit uh, tag match. I don't know if it's <laughs> bad or not. I just don't care. Yeah, it was fine. But I what was it during it? Yeah, um, Street Profits versus uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Then after that, you, uh, there was is a fatal five way elimination match. But as WWE always does, they have like the women's all all the women are like frenemies with one another. So they mm-hmm. would constantly be like teaming up with each other and then fighting each other. It's really bizarre. Um, I don't think the match was uh, terribly good. From what I just skimmed through it, but I didn't really see anything interesting happening in it. I think it was hard to do a six way or a five way and make it good. It's like that's my that's my opinion on like most multi man matches. Yeah, yeah, in general, I think a three way is fine, but like once you get over three, it's just like this is too much. I don't even think you know? three is very good <laughs> usually. What's well, not good? I hate three way match. I think it's like for that's obviously like a get everybody on a show match and mindset, which I think is stupid and boring. Uh, so I would rather it have been just a. They could have had another singles match with women in there instead of having six people in the ring at the same time. Who was the champion in there? Uh, Bailey. Bailey. And Bailey is interesting because she is one of the most natural baby faces that's ever walked mm-hmm. the face of the earth. And so, of course, they turned her into a heel a few months they, ago. Yeah, what was... What was her heel turn? Is it like post haircut? She became a bad guy. I think or it was. It, I think it was something like that. Like she, she became. She got <laughs> jealous of one of her friends. Uh, I'm just guessing what I gleaned from like tweets. I think she got jealous of one of her friends and got mad at her, and then she became a bad guy and cut her hair. Well, I mean, I will she's defend. Doing, go ahead. I will defend her as a heel. Though, oh, I think she's a good that, heel. Like, they had done so badly with her as a baby face that the oh. only way to get her over. Oh, was really? To turn her into it. Like, there was no. The, in that company, like, the, the baby faces all look dumb and they uh-huh. suck, you know? And, and like, uh, the only way to get over as a baby face in that company is to be a heel. You, mm-hmm. like, turn them into a heel, and they're so inept at booking that heels always become baby faces. And that, I think that's what they're shooting for is that Bailey is just at some point people are going to start cheering for her because they hate Vince McMahon so much. <laughs> but she is uh, definitely a good heel. But I, 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 just, I was just shocked. But then I remembered that when at least when she first came to NXT, uh, her gimmick, her gimmick on the indies was just like she was this very positive, uplifting perf- yeah. person, and her gimmick in NXT was that she was an eight-year-old girl. 
uh, yeah, more yeah. or less. Like she acted like a literal baby uh, child, which yeah. is weird because she's actually, you know, a woman, a uh, fully grown <laughs> woman wrestling in the bikini. So it was a little weird. Um <laughs> Here's here's one of my problems with WWE, especially with women and like people of color. Whenever they make them baby faces, they always have to be like a cheerleader, you know, super peppy, positive, like spirit squad kind of shit. And it's just gross. Yeah. All right. So moving on, <laughs> moving on to the meme match, uh, the the match they made just uh, for people to make memes out of. And um, okay. I don't think it really happened because uh, most people are still just talking about the Undertaker match, if anything. Um, the John Cena versus Bray Wyatt mm. Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Jack, I wish you had watched this because <laughs> I would really like to know. I have what it an- here. I can, I can pull it open what and like, look nor- at it really yeah, quick. Yeah, it's tor- very close to the end okay, um, cool. where it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse with mm. like the Joker too, um, yeah. and it's just like this bizarre like multi cam. Oh, weird! Yeah, this through... is like a very like Rob Zombies Pee Wee's Playhouse yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I just I don't know what the point of it is. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. I don't know if it was a wrestling match, yeah. but I liked it. I I don't know what I saw, but it was a. Uh, it was something weird, and uh, I, I you can't classify it as a wrestling match. You just got to think of it as, like, some kind of art, some kind of uh, weird avant-garde art, you know? Yeah, which, you know, is fine, but in-universe, why did John Cena decide to make avant-garde art with his arch <laughs> enemy, the Fiend? <laughs> I, I really hated this. Like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, in that, like, it doesn't even, like, with the Boneyard match... It was two guys wrestling and fighting each other. This was, I think, and like maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but this was like John Cena's really struggling with himself in his head, man. Yeah, (laughs) it was like it's really more of a mental chess game, and and the fiend is is doing all of this uh, stuff to look back on his past. And uh, it sucked. It's like the last episode of Evangelion, basically, for yeah. WWE. Uh, it, 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 like, there's time travel in it. I, I don't know what they were all with. And, like, and really, it felt like the type of a promo you would make for a match more than anything, right? Like, this is like the like when Hulk Hogan goes to the Dungeon of Doom. It's basically mm-hmm. the same thing. It's supposed to be, like, this weird preview that WCW would make before the match. Uh, but it's not actually a match itself. Um, People did love this, by the way. Yeah, they and did. They kept saying like, "Oh man, there's a lot of subtext in this." But I was like, "No, it's all text." Yeah, like there's no. <laughs> it's, it's just direct references to stuff you saw on TV. Like that's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. They don't do subtext in that company. That's where you get. That's where you start getting mad about the company is when you start thinking they're subtext and you're like, no, <laughs> they don't do that. Like everything they're doing is so surface level. You're not missing the, it's not like people are missing the point when they don't like it. It's, they just don't like it. It's right. It's not good. <laughs> I think people liked it because it seemed like the least Vince kind of orchestrated thing where whether it's good or not, it felt like, Oh, they must've given Bray Wyatt a lot of free range to make this match the way he wanted to. I would agree with that. It, it didn't feel like something Vince would would be into, and I do know that Vince really hated the uh, Matt Hardy stuff. Like he, mm. he did not like it and didn't want it on the show. So and now it's maybe the main event. Did. Now it's the yeah. two. Now it's both the main events of WrestleMania. Uh, that's fine. They're also going to do them every month now. Oh yeah, they're going to do one of those every single month now, and they're going to bring back like like Mick Foley and. Fucking all Jeez. of those guys and have them acting. I just know it. Yeah. I just know how wrestling works. <laughs> and they'll act like it was their idea the whole time and not met oh, yeah. Hardy's. Uh, well, yeah. But in because- 15 years, there's going to be a documentary about Jeremy Borash, and they're not going to mention the final deletion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the man yeah. who innovated uh, professional wrestling forever uh, after he was hired by WWE. Yeah. All right. But, you know, since there's nothing else on, do you think that the ratings for this is, like, really good? No, they're no. bad, actually. Oh, I've they're heard, bad. Okay. I have heard that they were not good and that even Google Trends was way down this time, mm. which I don't know. You know, 
I think if people want to watch WrestleMania, they're not Googling WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure. But, like, it says something that it, I, I think, I think if you, like, Jack, right? Like, there's no way you could have enjoyed this. Because no, it just, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no <laughs> I have watched, I have watched WrestleManias before. Like I said, I've, like, gone to watch WrestleMania and not known the plot lines and everything like that. But there's, like, a fun live sports element mm-hmm. to it. And it's a big event that's happening. Uh, this felt like a slog and felt like it's for, you know, like it's perfunctory on every level. It's like, you know, they have to do something because they're like forced to do television and they need to do it at that timeline every year. And even like for fans, it's like, I guess we all this is like what we're doing this year. You know what I mean? Like nobody felt uh, it just feels very perfunctory, uh, uh, from, yeah. you know, all the way across. Yeah. I, I mean, it did it, feel a bit like work, right? Watching yeah, it felt yeah. a little bit like you're working. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a wrestler, especially one of these newer wrestlers i'm sure it sucks to like i i think the best idea would have been to replace SummerSlam with wrestlemania in august mm. which is a fairly safe time frame for now right that it looks like you could get the crowds back together and you would just take one of the big four you won't do SummerSlam this year you just do wrestlemania and these people that have been working all year people like rhea ripley and and Shayna Baszler and people that were coming out on their first WrestleMania, this was their big moment. Drew Galloway or, yeah. or Drew McIntyre, yeah, like all yeah. that stuff. It, it's such a bummer to think about. Like this, nobody will ever watch these shows again. Yeah, you know, yeah, Drew McIntyre. So he is the you know the main event against Brock Lesnar. This was his big moment. This was supposed to be his big moment. He's a guy, he started off in the indie scene. He crawled his way up to WWE. Uh, They used him horribly uh, and he left. He went back to the indie scene, crawled his way back up again through TNA, was champion there, proved he was like a top-level wrestler, you know, charismatic and, you know, skilled in the ring. He climbs his way to the top of WWE, and then coronavirus happens, and his main event, (laughs) big title win that he's been worked very, very hard for for decades at this point is in, like, a fucking gymnasium in southern Florida. The way you explained that sounds like that should be the storyline from now on, right? Like, I went through all this shit, and this is how I got the <laughs> yeah. title, right? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, if, only, if they had only acknowledged it in the show, you know, if, if my pitch, if my pitch had gone through, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I also think this hurts all of them because none of them know yet what is going to happen after, right? Like, so when we're out of quarantine and people are able to show up at shows, who fucking knows how they're going to react to Drew Galloway? Like, nobody Mm. knows how anybody's reacting to anything, so nobody knows what's over, I guess, unless you read on the internet, which is not really an accurate reading of what any of this stuff is. Everybody, like, kind of has their, I loved it or I hated it, and, uh, we also know WWE doesn't look at the internet. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was uh, WrestleMania. Um, if you have not watched it, I probably would just like watch the matches you're kind of interested in. There's no reason to sit down and watch these shows and hold. There's probably never be a reason to watching the matches again. It's just um, they shouldn't have done it. They just. I fundamentally should not have put out this thing and called it WrestleMania. Oh, and that's what I wanted to mention. They still like sold this during uh, as a traditional pay-per-view. So I'm just like, I've been thinking about this for at least a month, month and a half. Cause WWE, we even mentioned WWE did want to have an audience for the show and they were fighting with the state of Florida to put on the show as planned. I just, I, I got, I, I forgot to fucking mention that they wanted to have an audience. They did not give a fuck, but they still sold it on traditional pay per view for 60 fucking dollars. So I've just, a been, night, a night. So I've just been imagining. What? Yeah, I've been thinking about like the poor like uncle who you know doesn't really watch. He only watches WrestleMania every year, right? He's not following the news. He doesn't know what's going on. He sits down on Saturday night, pays sixty dollars, <laughs> and he's like waiting for the show to start. This costing sixty dollars is a crime. Yes. If they were gonna do this, they should have been like WrestleMania is free this year. 
Like they weren't doing it for free. I thought they might have put it on ESPN. Yeah. I, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was very strange that they have this relationship with Fox, where Fox couldn't just throw them all the money they would have made and just put it on Fox. What What the fuck else are they showing on Fox right now? Yeah, they could show it on Fox. It would have been fine. More people would have watched it, be interested in it instead of just having it on their app, which is ten dollars a month or. Pay-per-views again. Those guys, they they just sit down and they click on Directv. He's like, "Oh, WrestleMania's tonight. Let me go ahead and buy this." You know, uh, maybe I'll call up my brother and you know we can talk and listen to it uh, together. And then it's just like empty arena bullshit. <laughs> like they need their stimulus check to pay it off. Yeah. Oh man, it's like a t- it cost you a tenth of your stimulus check uh, to watch yeah. these two nights um, if you're not on online on the app. All right, uh, that was WrestleMania. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us again. Everybody knows where to find you, Street Fight Radio. Sam, where can people find you? You can find Southpaw everywhere, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, and that was Struggle Session. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. That was fun. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.